personal coach and trusted attorney, Andrew Lieb. I'm leaving on a jet plane, but I'm not taking my emotional support animal. <laughs> I'm leaving on a jet plane. Welcome back to the Liebcast. I hope you know that laws be a changing. And I've been dreaming since this pandemic started about my post-pandemic celebration. Isn't that something like like where I'm going? Like we keep talking about that. Definitely like, the Bahamas. Just is an it easy the Bahamas? flight from New York. I don't know. There's so many great choices. I was talking to someone and they were telling me about how they just want to go back to work travel. Like I don't want work travel. I want like mojito travel <laughs> or maybe a Bahama mama. Well, that's what I'm saying. Bahamas. I do like the Bahama mama. Just such a quick flight from New York. So Lauren, this week, the Department of Transportation made a wrinkle in some people's travel plans, and they don't even know how it went down yet. This week- the, So this is breaking news. Well, so we always do that because, you know, on the Leapcast we tell you how current events impact real estate and business. And if you are a veteran, you know, veterans have um, post-traumatic stress disorder mm-hmm. often. Yeah. You know, a lot of autistic people. And you might be going, well, autistic person, how's that business? And yes, we're supporters of disability working and stuff like that. Um, we actually have a tenant is independent group home living in one of our properties that helps people do this. Um, but setting aside that on the autism spectrum, what they used to call Asperger's, is a very high functioning where you can be getting a very high paying job mm-hmm. and travel. And I hope you know that these people often need what's called an emotional support animal because of their disability. So when you have um, PTSD, you sometimes can't function without having your emotional support animal. Like, uh, Aren't you supposed to take them everywhere with you anyway? Yeah, like yeah. otherwise you can like freak out. Like it's, it's um, emotional support animal is the type of animal that people with disabilities need to exist. And uh, it's been shown by uh, all different uh, psychological associations. And um, I didn't make this stuff up. Like it's just a thing. In, in housing, the Fair Housing Act, mm-hmm. you can't be denied a rental. Because you have an emotional support animal, even if it's a no pet policy. In housing, Lauren, if they have a pet fee, they can't charge you if you have an emotional support animal. If they have a pet deposit, Lauren, in housing, they can't charge you the deposit because you have an emotional support animal. In fact, they're not even allowed to learn about the nature of your disability. All they're allowed to know is that a physician, MD, DO, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, or get this, a social worker, according to the uh, um, HUD, Housing and Urban Development, mm-hmm. can prescribe an emotional support animal. And as long as you're prescribed this animal, you're allowed to go live there in a rental, in a co-op, in a condo, forgetting the New York City pet law, which is another exception. But you, you're allowed. Like uh, Emotional support animals are recognized as needed for people with disability. Not according to Trump's Department of Transportation. Whoa. Yeah. Did you know that? So since since like I think it was 2008, I might be off on the year, something like 2008, the, on the website, if you Google right now today, the Department of Transportation website, they have this whole spiel about how you can have an emotional support animal when you're flying on a plane. Now, unlike the Fair Housing Act, 
planes aren't houses, so they have what's called the Air Carrier Access Act. Again, the Air Carrier Access Act. And what that says in the Air Carrier Access Act is it prohibits, prohibits discrimination in airline service based on someone's disability. It was enacted first in 1986 with respect to U.S. carriers. And in 2000, they said foreign carriers have to follow this Air Carrier Access Act too. And you can't discriminate on an airline based on disability. And a lot of people go, what does the law say? What does the law say? What does the law say? And I just told you, the Air Carrier Access Act says you can't discriminate based on disability. But Lauren's looking at me like I'm sure you are at home. What in the world does that mean? And the reason why people don't get it is there's multiple places where you find laws. And the Air Carrier Access Act is a statute, something that's passed by Congress. It's a federal statute. So it's passed by the House of Representatives and the Senate, and has to be signed by the president to become law, unless it was passed by such a majority that it's veto-proof from the president. But it has to be enacted. That's how it was enacted. It was enacted back, I said to you, in 1986. I think that was the same year we had the Mets World Series. Daryl Strawberry. Oh, I love me some strawberry. And it was, it was amazing, Lauren, Daryl Strawberry. Everyone knows Daryl Strawberry. And then in 2000, they did some more laws. But what does it mean? We still don't know what it means. And why don't we know what it means? Because what we don't understand is in our separation of powers, while the Congress enacts statutes, they defer the fine print, the rules, the, the functioning of government. On our last segment with Perry Grossman, when we were talking about elections, he said the U.S. government is the biggest corporation in the world. Isn't that what he said? Yeah, it employs the most amount of people. And to have a corporation, if you think about a corporation, you have what's like the board of directors. And then you have the executives. The board of directors are the people that have the most stock or they're appointed. And the directors are the CEO, the president, the vice president. The, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. the chiefs, the chief compliance officer. That's the big one. And that's what we do at Liebet Law. We do compliance. And the chief legal officer, that's what we do at Liebet Law. We do compliance. Those are the important ones. I, Lauren cares about the chief marketing officer. She used to work in the marketing department. There's the chief financial officer. But what you got to realize is the Congress is like the board of directors. They create the long-term goals, like don't discriminate on disability in airplanes. But then you have the executive branch, the president's branch. And it's not just the president. It's all the cabinet secretaries. It's all their departments underneath the cabinet secretaries. That's the actual business of government. That's where all the people are employed. There's some employed in the Congress, but it's mostly in the executive branch. And yes, we have this third branch of government called the judiciary. And as an officer of the court, I'm most interested in that one. And they're kind of like the internal arbitration at your company. You probably have an internal dispute resolution thing. I'm fighting with Sally. She don't agree. We, We read our policy manual. Mordecai Yankovic, who's on our show a lot, he, he's an employment lawyer. He writes policy manuals for companies that say, when you have this dispute, here's how you work it out. Here's our internal arbitration. Here's how we solve that. So how does a law happen? First, you have this Air Carrier Access Act. That's a statute by the Congress, like the Board of Directors. But they only give a long-term goal. Don't discriminate on disability in airplanes. But then the executive branch... The Department of Transportation being part of the executive branch makes the rules. Here's how we're going to carry that out. And they passed a new rule on December 10th, 2020. 
which is going to be effective January 11th, 2021. That's changing how you fly with animals if you have a disability. I know that you've probably been on a plane and you've probably seen that people have animals on their lap and sometimes they're in crates underneath. You might have read about the peacock, the peacock in the plane, the, pe- the monkey. People bring bizarre animals on planes. And I think that's been frustrating people for a long time, especially as I told you before that a social worker could prescribe one of these things. And people get angry. And there's, uh, if you read the new regulation, they have what's called a comment section. And anyone that has an opinion should comment. How do you comment? Before a regulation occurs, there's something called the Federal Register. Each state has something like that, too. Connecticut doesn't call it the Register, but same concept. New York State has the New York State Register. Colorado has a Register. There's a Federal Register, and what they do in the Register is they propose regulations. And then they have a person in the Register on who you can comment to. And then after they propose it, they amend the regulation or write back a response to the comment, which helps the judiciary ultimately understand how to resolve disputes on the regulation and the statute based on the executive branch's interpretation of the rule. So these comments that they write are so very, very interesting. And one of the comments, a bunch of the comments, were that people think they get bit by emotional support animals. Emotional support animals aren't so trained They're not trained. They don't have a specific task they can do. And they said emotional support animals, these these are sometimes prescribed from online nonsense where people, it's actually illegal, are breaking the law to get one because they just don't want to pay for their pet and they want to take it on the plane. I will tell you the vast majority of people objected to the rule change. I think they said they got 15,000 comments. And I think, I'm not quoting this exactly because it is like, I don't know, 100 pages of information. And so it's, um, I think they got 15,000 comments and 6,000 objected to it. I think 3,000 encouraged it. I, I don't remember the exact numbers. And what they were saying is that from now on, we don't acknowledge emotional support animals. They can be treated like a pet. Now, that doesn't mean your particular airline carrier doesn't acknowledge emotional support animals. So if you're one of these Veterans, because veterans are renowned for having an emotional support animals. Also, are people on the autism spectrum are renowned for having emotional support animals. Anxiety. Anxiety, uh, stress. You need to go and check with your carrier starting on January. Well, you should check now, but st- for flights starting after January 11, 2021. I'm guessing with the pandemic ending um, somewhere around June, if um, Pfizer, Moderna, if they're able to solve our issue, if these vaccines are going to happen, if you're going to be traveling the second half of 2021, you need to check immediately with your carrier what they're going to do with emotional support animals. And so the new regulation, effective January 11, 2021, only recommend, recognizes service animals now. Now, I use big words, but what's the difference between a service animal and an emotional support animal? A service animal means an animal that can do a skill. That's the easiest way to say it. It has a skill, whereas an emotional support animal doesn't have a skill. Now, they give a new definition. They give a new definition, which I think is interesting for a service animal. This is the statute, the new regulatory definition, so I'm just going to read it. Defines a service animal as a dog, which is an interesting starting place. I didn't go any further than that yet, but defines it as a dog 
which is consistent with the American with Disabilities Act, which is how we regulate places of public accommodation like commercial buildings, hotels, restaurants. They only define it as a dog, unlike the Fair Housing Act. You probably have a headache already. What am I telling you? That there's all these different laws in America that regulate discrimination on disability, and they all have different ways they apply it when someone has a disability and they need an animal to help them. It's all very, very confusing. It's like a web of crazy. And if you're disabled, you really need to be speaking to a disability attorney to learn your rights and get that consult and know what's going on. And if you operate one of these businesses, you can't just be hearing me on what the federal law says. Because state law supersedes federal law. County law, city law, town law supersedes state law. And when I say supersede, it doesn't, it's a bad word, I guess. It's a bad word choice. We all hear that the federal government preempts or takes control over states and localities. But when you read the laws on disability, what they say is the federal law is a discrimination law, not disability law. On discrimination law, it says the federal law is a floor under which states and locales cannot fall. And in English, what that means is more protections are welcomed. And if you operate a restaurant in Suffolk County, New York, you don't just want to be concerned with the law on the federal level or the state level. Or even the county level, you want to check your town and village as well or your city and make sure you understand the law there as well. And you want to do that because you need to be sure you're doing this right because these lawsuits, when you do it wrong, can cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars. And if you think the pandemic puts you out of business, wait till you get sued for a disability discrimination case. And we focus the most on disability because that's where the most claims are, is the most people are disabled of all the protected characteristics. One in four, right? One in four. And so it's like... It's the same type of thing, though, about discrimination on sex, meaning if you're a woman, if you're a man, if you're transgender. Anyway, so this new law from the Department of Transportation, it defines a service animal as a dog. So you no longer can have a service animal that's not a dog, which is kind of interesting because there are other animals that can do skills sometimes better than dogs, but it must be a dog. It goes further, regardless of breed or type which I think is pretty good because a lot of, not even air carriers, but uh, uh, companies, companies that have to give these rights are concerned about certain breeds because they might think the breed has a vicious propensity, meaning they're more likely to harm someone. That is individually trained to do work or perform tasks for the benefit of a qualified individual with a disability. Notice the word trained. I told you it could do a task. So you can't deny someone based on the breed or type it is, if it's a dog. Now you can deny them if that individual dog individually had vicious propensities, and we're going to get there in a second. But it goes beyond that. It says a disability including a physical, sensory, psychiatric, intellectual, or other mental disability. So now, just so we're moving forward, is airlines can now deny someone a accommodation request if they're disabled because... They have an emotional support animal. That's not allowed anymore. Now, what's interesting, what's interesting is they go beyond the other laws too. Here's what they say. You can't have a service animal that you need to use voice controls over that service animal. That's interesting, right? You can deny an airline. To deny an animal has voice controls over the service animal. So if you're one of these people that have a service dog, Remember, you, you're, you're, you're blind, you have a psychiatric disorder that you need the dog for, and you have verbal cues. That's how that dog was trained. 
They can deny you for that too now under this new rule. You only can do hand signals. That's what the new rule says. And they also say the maximum each person can have as a service animal is two service animals. Now, I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you that I agree that someone should necessarily need three or four service animals. But what I am telling you is I'm not qualified to know if someone needs three or four service animals. I'd imagine that if a physician who's going to put their license on the line says you need four service animals, I'd imagine you need four service animals. Just for an illustration, imagine your whole family died in an accident and you're psychiatrically unstable, and they told you you had four kids, they could tell you you need four dogs. I don't know. That kind of makes sense to me. Four kids, four dogs. Like, I don't know. Maybe. Like, do you know? I definitely don't. (laughs) If you think you know, like, I I, want to know what the lotto knows. How do you know all the? How are you so smart? So beyond that, they have another thing, Lauren. The Department of Transportation is going to require forms. They're creating a form now that can be required for anyone who wants one of these service dogs, not more than two service dogs current individual. And in the form that you're going to have to fill out, you're going to have to attest the animal's training, their good behavior. You're going to certify the animal's good health. But here's the part I thought was the most interesting. You want to hear this one? If you're going on a flight for eight hours or more, you have to certify that the animal has the ability to not relieve itself. Go poopy, go pee-pee. Well, yeah, that could ruin an entire flight. It could, but like who can hold it for eight hours? I can't hold it for eight hours. Can you hold it for eight hours? That's a long time to hold it. And they say, or, this is a good one, or can relieve itself in a sanitary manner. Do you know any dogs? I just want to understand this. <laughs> I've never seen a dog. Maybe I'm, I'm not a vet, but maybe a vet should call me up and tell me. Is there a way that they know how to hold the schmeckle and pee in a toilet or something? Like, I know cats can go. I know cats can go in, like, a toilet, but you're not allowed to have a service cat, if you think about it. Remember, like, a cat, no, you can train a cat. Maybe a collie, like Lassie? You think Lassie can, you're talking about a male Lassie or a female Lassie? The show. Yeah, which one? A male or a female? Why does it matter? Well, I'm just trying to understand if they're going to sit on the toilet or if they're going to be standing <laughs> up. But he, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, are they? Is the dog holding one arm on the shelf while he's holding his thing? <sighs> I don't know. Lassie could do anything. Uh, if you think so. And anyway, so this form is going to be required up to 48 hours before travel, and they can require it if you're having the animal in the cabin. They can require it at the gate departure. Now, just to be clear, just to be clear. There's one thing in this entire regulation that's trying to help disabled people. If you notice, everything I'm saying right now is to curtail the rights of disabled people and to say, hey, listen, we're not going to have this anymore. We're going to give you very limited, 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 limited disability rights. And I'm not telling you that's bad or good. I'm just telling you what it's saying. But one thing expands the rights of disabled people, and here's what it says. It prohibits the airlines from requiring physical check-in solely because you have a service animal. So it allows you still to use modern technology for check-in and everything else. They can't require you to have a physical check-in just because of the service animal. Now, they can require you, though, that you can harness. They can make you have to harness the animal, leash the animal, or otherwise tether the animal on board because they want to make it safe for everyone else. So what we're learning now is that if you're the type of person that – is emotionally, you have issues. Like, and when I say you have issues, I'm not saying, I think you have issues. Your medical provider thinks that you need emotional support animal. You better call your 
airline before you book your travel plans and see if they're going to help you with emotional support animal or you're going to have to consider a pet pay the pet fee and figure out if it can be on your lap even like there's no there's a difference sometimes they say you gotta be in a crate you know now if you do have a service dog not a service animal that's a non-dog if you do have a service dog i think you should start checking out this form get your information all together and understand what the rules and requirements are going to be moving forward And if you don't do this, you're going to be one of those people that drives to LaGuardia or Kennedy. I'm not saying MacArthur because it's not as big of an issue to do this, but you drive all the way to Newark, let's say, and you get there, traffic, 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 traffic. And then you find out that you can't have your dog anymore and they send you home. Like this is crazy talk what's going on. So this is just another example of how hard it is for people with disabilities in America. Instead of us saying to people, how many people, Lauren, have disabilities? So what you say? One in four. One in four people. Instead of saying, hey, we're going to make this world easier for you, more inclusive for you, going to make things as simple. They have this little thing in the Federal Register, which is inconsistent with the Department of Transportation's website that's up right now. You'd think they'd update their website when they least release the regu- the regulation. It's inconsistent and it's creating more onus and more confusion for people that aren't more. I'm a lawyer. I can read this stuff. Imagine someone who's disabled that has to now figure out this form thingamabobby. They don't even know to think about it or to look at it. So what I want you to do, I always say love thy neighbor. We're in the holiday season. Merry Christmas. It's Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Hanukkah, the festival of lights. We have Kwanzaa coming up. There's so many good things going on right now. We're going to have the new year with vaccines. But aren't we all supposed to lift up? the smallest, the lowest, the most hard-pressed people of society, isn't that the message that we should be doing today instead of making their life harder? I can't control what the Congress does. I can't control what the executive branch does. But what I can control is helping you all realize that when you know someone that's traveling and they have a disability, the Liebcast asks you to tell them to check out our blog at blog.liebatlaw.com where we're giving you the information, telling you what to do, and safe travels. Happy New Year's coming up soon. Book those plans because we're going to be safe. Moderna, Pfizer, we're getting done with this pandemic. Wear a mask. You've been great. This is the Liebcast. Happy week. See ya. Find us on social media at Listen to Lieb or visit listentolieb.com. Have you faced discrimination in housing, at work, or at any place of public accommodation? Call the aggressive lawyers at Lieb at Law PC to learn your legal rights at 631-878-4455. That's Lieb at Law, 308 West Main Street, Suite 100, Smithtown, New York at 631-878-4455. Or visit us on the web at LiebetLaw.com. L-I-E-B, LiebetLaw.com. LiebetLaw.com.